20th chapter of uh, John's Gospel, John's Gospel, 20th chapter. Amen. And when you got to say amen, I got it. Amen. 20th chapter, John's Gospel, reading from the Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Amen. And it reads thusly. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin. He was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Thomas came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put out, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand, put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Thus far the scripture today. Today I want to talk about Thomas. I want to talk about Thomas as an example of how people come to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to talk about Thomas today as a model, as a prototype, as, a, as an example of the kind of ministry that is required for people to believe in Jesus Christ. We have just come through uh, the Lenten season. We have come through Holy Week, Passion Week, we have come through celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And in the life of the church, the next seven Sundays is called the Great 50 Days. Or it is called Easter Tide. Or it's called the Easter Season. And in the early church, the next 50 days, which ends on Pentecost Sunday. That's when we're going to pull out all the reds again. Amen. On Pentecost Sunday is the Sunday that we celebrate the founding of the church. Or the day that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, fell on uh, the apostles as they waited for the Spirit to descend on them in the upper room. So between last Sunday and Pentecost Sunday, that's 50 days, seven Sundays. And it will culminate in that uh, celebration of the descent of the Spirit on ordinary human beings. And the miracle of Pentecost was that God took ordinary people and God was able to do the extraordinary thing of communicating the gospel. Amen. Uh, everybody in Jerusalem who was there, the Greeks, uh, uh, the Greeks, the Mees, amen, those from uh, the foreign countries, they were all able to hear the gospel preached to them in their own way, in their own language. They can understand the gospel that was being preached to them. 
And so it is incumbent upon us for the next 40 days, the next, uh, let's just say 40 some days, for us to emphasize the importance of winning people to Christ. The importance of bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so the next seven Sundays, each of the Sundays is aimed at getting people to believe in Jesus Christ, amen, to strengthen their faith in Jesus Christ, or to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. In case you missed it, there are different levels of believing, amen. There's belief that's on the bottom. The Bible says even the devils believe and they tremble, amen. And then there is faith in God. You put your weight on it, amen. You put your weight on him, and uh, you just stand there with that conviction, that what God said, God will do. Amen. But then the highest level of them all is the issue of trust. In other words, you will just blindly drop your faith, put your problems, everything in the hand of God, and God will take care of it. It's like let go and let God kind of faith. Amen. And today I want to talk about what it, what it takes for people uh, to move from doubting to believing. Because that's what Sunday, uh, uh, Thomas Sunday is all about. How do you get people to grow into believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior? And what will it take in this era, this time, this season in the life of the church to get people to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Uh, this past week, I was with Brother Marquis uh, Bostic, who got baptized uh, this past uh, last Sunday. And he was saying, Pastor, I started reading my Bible. And he said, now that I'm reading my Bible for the first time in this 25-year-old life, I got some questions about the Bible. I said, man, that's a good thing. Amen. That when you read the Bible, you have questions about it. Why is that important? It's important because when you become a Christian, you have to grow as a Christian. Amen. You don't just wake up and have strong faith in God. You just don't wake up and believe in Jesus Christ as the healer for all of your diseases and the one who can drive out all the demons in your life. You have to take time. Come on, y'all. Growing as a Christian, experiencing God as a way maker, experiencing God as a bridge over your troubled waters, experiencing God as the one who can calm your fears in the middle of gossips and rumors about your life. It takes time. To grow as a Christian, as a young baby coming into the world. Uh, that child does not come here sprinting as fast as Usain Bolt. No, that child got to learn how to just cry first. Come on, just, just to me out there, you got here. Somebody got spanked him on his little behind. He start, wow, crying like a little child. You got to learn how to just roll over. Amen. You got to learn how your parents just tickling you and stuff like that. And ooh, talking all that baby talk. Ooh, 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 all that stuff. There. And then the baby rolls over. And then they start to crawl a little bit. And then they got to walk, you know, making their first two steps, drop on their bus, call it it takes time. It's a process of growing as a Christian. And anybody 
who feels that just because you joined church yesterday, last week, last year, that the next challenge in your life, you will have enough faith and enough trust and enough confidence to handle it. You are fooling yourself. It takes time to be grounded in God. You could have been like Thomas, walked with Jesus Christ himself for three long years, and at the end of three long years, you still don't believe. Three years watching Jesus open the eyes of the blind. Three years watching Jesus raise Lazarus from the, the grave. Three years of turning water into wine. Three years of taking, of seeing uh, three rolls of bread and five fish or whatever it is to feed 5,000. And at the end of three years of experiencing all of that, Thomas still says, unless I see the nail prints in your hand, unless I can put my hand in your side, I will not believe. I want to deal with Thomas a little bit today because I believe there's a little Thomas in all of us. I believe we can't just call Thomas doubting Thomas and write Thomas off as a model of how we ought to live our lives as Christians today. I, we can't dismiss Thomas. We can't diss Thomas because Thomas asked for a little bit more to believe in his God. I believe if most of us would be honest, we are just like Thomas and we need to see a little bit more of God in order for us to stay on the pathway of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I've fleeced God a few times. I've told God, if you want me to do this, then you got to do this for me over here. If you don't want me to go this way, come on, God. I need you to shut the door over here. I have fleeced God a few times in my life as an adult and as a mature, grown Christian. In other words, needing more experience to believe in God. Come on. It's a normal process. Don't you ever think that because you doubt sometimes that somehow or the other your faith in God is decreasing. That doubt, come on, is a prelude to belief. That if you give doubt, all you need when you doubt is to have a little bit more information and a little bit more time and doubt can turn into faith. <sighs> Thomas in our biblical text has been hit with the shocking news that Jesus is alive. Last time Thomas saw Jesus, he was strung upon a cross, nails in his hand, a sword pierced in his side. Amen. And now Thomas is hearing from the disciples, right? Thomas was not with them uh, last week. Thomas is with them seven days later. Eight days later, Thomas is with them. They had seen Jesus last week. Thomas was not with him. Thomas is one of those out-of-place disciples who out-of-place but makes over-the-top demands uh, to believe in Jesus Christ. Come on, y'all. He was not with Jesus, not with his brothers, been back fishing or wherever Thomas was last week. But this week, 
Here he comes. You know, it's like those are like, prove to me that Jesus is alive. Well, you weren't there last week. Where were you last week? Were you at home chilling last week? Were you scared and run back hiding with your boys last? Where were you, Thomas? But he shows up the next week to name. He's like, hey, look. They said, we have seen the Lord. Thomas like, I don't care what y'all seen. Amen. Unless I see the nails in his hand and I want to put my hand in his side, I ain't believing none of that uh, that y'all talking. Amen. I, I want to touch him. Thomas is, you know, he knew, he knew they crucified Jesus. They hung him high and they stretched him wide. Two nails they put in his hands. Amen. Uh, they, they put one long nail. Uh, they pinned uh, both feet to the vertical beam of the cross. And with a spear, a single shoulder pierced Jesus in his side and he died. That's what Thomas knew. Thomas knew, Thomas even knew the tomb where they buried Jesus. It was Joseph. Arimathea's tomb that they borrowed and they buried Jesus in it. But what Thomas did not know was that the grave did not have the last say on Jesus. They, and so Thomas really is in a state of shock, y'all, that the Jesus that he saw crucified and buried is the Jesus that now they say he is risen and he is alive. Listen to me, y'all. It's a scandalous thing. We take it for granted. But listen to our gospel story. Listen to the kernel of our gospel story. Jesus came and he was born of a virgin Mary. Come on. Somebody ought to holler. That's crazy. Amen. Born of a virgin Mary. How the woman got pregnant she ain't had no sexual intercourse with no man. Listen to the kernel of our gospel story that Jesus went around turning water into wine, walking on water. Oh my God. Listen to it. And then we say that that scout <laughs> That, that, that they strung him up high. See, at the Baptist preacher, they be like, they hung him high, stretched him wide. He bowed his head, and for me, he died. Everybody said, oh, we like to do that stuff. But listen to what we are saying to people. God came in the person of Jesus Christ. And God went on that cross. And God died. And God got buried in a tomb. And God got up out that tomb on Sunday morning. And God declared that God got all the power in God's hand. That's what we believe. That ain't what everybody out there believes. So what will it take when we tell people the scandalous truth about our gospel? That Jesus is alive. That Jesus can give you peace in the midst of all the chaos in your life. That Jesus can forgive you for living without him for as long as you have. That Jesus will include you when others have excluded you. That he will name you when others have misnamed and labeled you. That is what we are preaching. What does it take for people to believe that? 
I'm going to slow it down for you today. Because I want you to get it. Jesus knows what it takes for people to move from doubt to belief in him. And he does not mind giving us what we need to believe in him. Watch the text. In verse 27, Jesus does not ask Thomas what will it take for him to believe. Jesus takes the initiatives and says to Thomas, watch him, stick your hands, stick your finger into my hands and thrust your hand into my side. In other words, whenever we get saved, whenever we get delivered, whenever we have our eyes open, whenever the light bulb comes on in our heads and we know that there is a reality in serving God, it is because God decided to come after us. The Bible said it, uh, uh, Jesus says, I chose you. You did not choose me. Anybody in here remember when you didn't even have the sense enough to know that you needed a relationship with God and it is God who came by and took care of you. God hooked you and pulled you in. God brought you in up out of the watery grave of life. I was minding my own business. I had no intention of being nobody's preacher, Carissa. Preaching was the last thing I wanted to do. I was selling my chicken, having my good, happy life down in the islands of Trinidad. I didn't want to come to Nashville to be nobody's pastor. I was living good down there. Amen. Hey, come on, y'all. It was a wonderful life. Ripe mangoes off the tree. Ripe bananas that ain't had no cow bite in it. Come on, fresh fruits and vegetables. You can go. Come on, Frank, you can go out there and pick your chicken out. Come on, I want that one right there. And have them slaughter that chicken. Fresh chicken, never frozen. I had it going on. Nobody want to be no preacher. And then all the preachers at home poor. So I sure enough they want to be poor. I want, no, 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 no. I was minding my own business. Come on, I thought I was a pretty good kid. I didn't cuss too much. Then, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't party at all. Carissa, I ain't doing none of that kind of stuff. Come on now. I ain't, yeah, yeah. Uh, it got me, you know, I was 20 years old when I answered that call and I had only had two girlfriends. Hey, man! Only. <laughs> then I heard this call from God. This call to come and put my finger in the wounds of Jesus and thrust my hand in his side and I, I, I got you got you got to get this now this is where all this sermon is going today this little message for you to read. some people will only believe when they experience you reopening your wounds people are to hear nothing about they don't want more information more information does not equal belief in God come on y'all 
You can teach people the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they still don't believe in Jesus Christ as the healer for all of their hurts and all their diseases. Come on. You can teach them about the first five books of the Bible. Come on. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and they will still not believe in God as their Savior. Come on. Minor prophets, major prophets. You can go through all the information about God, but it is only when people experience you doing like Jesus and opening your womb. That's where the sermon is going today. It had been about 10 days since the crucifixion of Jesus Christ during which the nails were placed in his hands and a sword thrust in his side. Those wounds were not completely healed. Come on, y'all. It's one thing to show someone a scar. <laughs> a scar means you have already survived the healing process. Yeah, that, that, it's easy to show folk a scar, but it's hard to show people a wound. And what it takes for people to believe in God is not the showing of, of scars, but the opening of wounds. You, 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 you can't get folk to believe. And you don't want to open your mouth and tell them what your deepest hurt has been come on y'all we we live in an information era anybody can google anything they want to come on my you can look up whatever you want to on the internet but in the end especially this this millennial crowd you know they are really the thomases of the church show me what you've been through tell me what god has done for you and i may believe you See, it's, a, it's one thing when you got a scar. You know, all of us got scars on our bodies. And the scars, what's this? The scars simply tell the story. You know, the scars, I, I got a scar on my arm right here from, you know, picking coconuts. I'm an island boy. I, I, come on, uh, uh, Kurt, I was picking a bunch of coconut and uh, uh, the rope just, you know, when I was letting the bunch down, the rope went across my arm and phew, got a white man. Just still, ooh, they call him a white man. All your brown flesh gets eaten up by the rope and you ain't seen nothing but white and blood. Come on, my guy. Got that thing there, but I can show you that as a scar that I survived that pain. But oh, I got some wounds in my life. Oh, and those wounds, are, 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 if you touch them, they still hurt. Come on, my God. And it's, it's not the scars that people want to see, to believe in Jesus. No, they want to see the wounds. It is the wounds. Come on now. I know you ain't come to church today. Ah, uh, you know, uh, ready to show no wound. But just, just sit right there for a minute. Come on. I want you to know that what you've been through is one thing. But what you're going through 
is another thing. And you can't wait until you get through to start witnessing to God. No, no, you got to be witnessing while you're mending. Witnessing while you're still bleeding. Witnessing while the pus is still on the wound. Come on, y'all. You, you can't wait. I wish I could tell y'all all my wounds today. But you can't wait until your wounds are scars over. I can tell you, I can show you that scar on my hand. But that, that ain't going. That ain't going to inspire you to believe no more about God. But if I tell you what I'm living with, what it cost me to show up. Yeah, that, that is what people, when they see it, they will cry out, my Lord, my God, how are you living with that thing? Okay. Watch Thomas now. Watch Thomas. Thomas. Thomas wants to put his finger, come on, in, in his hand. Jesus said, come on here, Thomas, come. See, there, watch, watch, watch. You got two sets of wounds here, right? You, you got the non-mortal wound. In other words, you get, you get a nail driven through your hand. You ain't necessarily going to die from that one. Come on, my God. But when they pierce a sword in your side, that thing has access to your vital organs. That thing will kill you. That Oh, I'm trying to help somebody understand today that there are some wounds in my life I am willing to show you easily. You want to touch the ones in my hands? I'm going to tell you about that. I don't care if you know that I've been sexually abused. My God, that's a wound in my hand. I am living with that, and I'm going to deal with that, but that don't hurt like the ones that I got to show you. How you, how you know the difference? How you know the difference? Oh, God. See, see, there's some, there's some, I, you know, I had a few folk lied on me. Uh, folk, folk I trusted and they broke my trust. I, I can show you that. That ain't, that ain't squat. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, folk borrow money from you. They ain't paid you back. Oh, come on, man. You know, I took my money, you know, out of an account uh, to help them out. Come on. Uh, and now they act like they don't even know they owe you. Come on, you know, they, you see them on Facebook going on cruises and like, my God, uh, don't you remember you borrowed some money from me and you ain't paid me back? But I can tell you that easily. That don't bother me. But I got some other stuff. 
that I got to go across town and tell my therapist. Come on, my God. Because if I give you access to that stuff, you can hurt me. How you know? How you know the difference between the wound in the hand and the wound? See, if I let you touch these, if I if I let you touch these, you know the ones in my hands, they they, they don't hurt that much. No, I might just say, "Ouch!" You know what I'm saying? Hey, come on now, you do touch them. Come on, Roche, you touch that. That that don't hurt. Yeah, look at the oh, but but I got some wounds in my sight that will give you access to my vital organs my heart you can get to it if i, I come on now the, the stuff that i love the stuff that i ah, that's dear to me the stuff that's close to me the stuff my god if i give you access to that and you stick it oh my god you can cause my whole life to unravel. That's that's the that's the that's the stuff that folks got to see in order for you to convince them to believe. In other words, when they watch you. See, that's, that's, that's why sometimes I have to tell them, come, come, come. See, some folk, you got to tell them, come, 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 come. Come a little closer. You think you're in pain. But let me show you pain. Let me show you what it, what it, what it really is like to be a man of God. Come on, y'all. Have you ever looked at the contradictions in your life? Come on, y'all. I know all y'all are wonderful saints in here, but every now and then I got to look at the contradictions in my life. Look at what I believe. Look at what I preach and what I'm not able to live up to. Come on, my God. That thing, see, that's, that's for folk who got integrity. If you got integrity, you want what you say to match what you do. But every day, that is not the reality. And then sometimes I got to tell folk, come and see. I'm like, uh, I'm like, Peggy, you can't wait until the bleeding stops. No, you got to find somebody that just began their journey and tell them, come on, I've been on this journey two years now and I've learned to lean into it and I've learned how to breathe through it and I've learned how to put one foot in front of the other. Oh my God. In other words, if there is not a purpose to your pain, there got to be a purpose for your pain. Otherwise, you will anesthetize it. In other words, you're going to try to make the pain go away if you feel like there is no purpose 
trying to pain in your life. Come on, y'all. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what drinking does. Come on, that's what sexing everybody does. Come on, that's what over-shopping does. That's what eating like a glutton does. It just medicates the pain. But you, you got to decide, what am I going to do with this? Come on, Rubio. And as I told you, it's going to be a rough Sunday. But what you going to do with it? Will you let the devil or life or nature have the last say? <sighs> no. Devil ain't going to have the last say on my life. That's why you come to church here. <sighs> you want to have a good experience? Go somewhere else. You want to have a healing experience? Come here. Leave her alone. And then when she starts to holler, don't let her holler. That's why she come. Come on, y'all. This, this is how you learn. You learn from your pain so that you can tell somebody else how to go through theirs. <sighs> you got to wait. It's like, why is this pain in my life? Why is this thing still open? Why is this thing still open? Why? Come on, y'all.